Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, I'm Gemma Bath, filling in for Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Vaccination is a hot topic. There's nowhere it's more hot than the New South Wales strip of sparkling coast and rolling hinterland known as the Northern Rivers. Byron Bay is the region's drawcard, but it's the tiny town of Mullumbimby that's been given the title of anti-vax capital of Australia. Here, only 52% of kids are fully immunised, compared to 92% nationally. So how did a town with a population of under 4,000 become the epicentre of the anti-vax movement? Today, we're going to go back to the turning point, the Aquarius Festival of 1973. The small township of Mullumbimby is just north of Byron Bay. Both are meccas for everything health, hippie and healing. In recent years, they've become hideouts for the rich and famous, with the Northern Rivers now the ultimate it place to experience counterculture. But beneath the beauty, the free thinking and the matcha smoothies, there's a dangerous trend that's been ingrained in the region for the past 50 years. They have some of the lowest vaccination rates in the entire country. Sydney Morning Herald journalist Tim Elliott spent some time in Mullumbimby to trace the area's anti-vax history. Tim, can you take us back to 1973? That's when, as you put it, there was a turning point for the Northern Rivers region, wasn't there? Yeah, it's very interesting, actually, the whole Northern Rivers region, because even though Byron and Mullumbimby and Nimbin have this reputation for being all about sustainability, the roots of their economy and their history were all in extractive industries, so logging, whaling, mining. Then in 1973, all of that changed with something called the Aquarius Festival, which was when about 5,000 free-thinking individuals and alternative lifestylers gathered in the fields around Nimbin and had a big kind of Australia's Woodstock, more or less, so sat around getting stoned, listening to music and taking all the clothes off. And they had a great time and a lot of them stayed. They set up co-ops and communes And that's when they really sowed the seeds for what would become Australia's counterculture capital. And then a few years later, there was a new whooping cough vaccination that was brought in across Australia. But what was the reaction in the Northern Rivers region? What happened was there was, as you you mentioned, there was a really bad vaccine for whooping cough that was introduced in the late 70s. And even a paediatrician I talked to up there who was very pro-vaccination, obviously, he admitted, he said to me it was actually quite ineffective and had marked side effects like high-pitched crying and fever and stuff. What happened was that when the parents took their vaccinated children back to the doctor and said, look, this this vaccine has caused a really bad reaction in my child. The doctors at that stage said, no, 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 you know, discounted that and said, no, it can't have been the vaccine. It must be your child must have another virus. And that really alienated a lot of people, particularly up in that region, because that whole region was already predisposed to scepticism about mainstream medicine. So I guess that feeling and that untrust and that dissolution 
did that just continue to grow and morph and become what it is now? Is that is that where it all started, really? That's where it all started, and it's really snowballed from there because the area became a real magnet for hippies, for want of a better word, and it still is. And that's where a whole lot of people who who want to live lightly on the earth and who fancy living outside the paradigm, that's where they gravitate to. And so those opinions and those beliefs, that scepticism toward government, toward mainstream medicine, toward consumer culture, that whole that sentiment is centered on that area and that's why it grew and took root there. So where does Mullumbimby sit in all of this? Because they've got the reputation for being the anti-vaxxer capital. Yeah, Mullum, it's such a beautiful town. I don't know whether you've been there, but Mullum's kind of serious hippieville. So new ideas don't really penetrate in Mullum. It's very resistant to to science as we know it. You spent a lot of time there uh, speaking to locals and getting to know the town and a lot of them didn't want to be named by you. They, they were worried that they'd be judged. But I guess the flip of the coin of that is isn't, aren't they judging just as much about people who vaccinate their children? Yeah, it's really judgy. It's judgy on both sides. It's just there's so much heat in the issue because it involves their children's health and issues over government intrusion and ideas of bodily sovereignty. So a lot of these people I talked to would never come out and say, yeah, I vaccinated my kid because it's just a really good way of getting into a lot of arguments and losing friends. When you did bring up medical advice, as I'm sure you did when you were having these chats and and you kind of told them, well, this is what the government says, this (laughs) is where all the research is, what what did they Mm. say to you? What was their response? (laughs) bringing up science is largely pointless because they believe that the science has been manipulated for a start that's straight off the bat they just say no the science is rubbish it's all manipulated by big pharma doctors don't know what they're talking about i've looked it up on google i know better i've done lots of reading don't tell me what to think so throwing science at these people is pointless also, when I mentioned, if you mentioned as a journalist any uh, mainstream science to them, they just say, you're in the pay of Big Pharma. You're a shill. For <gasps> oh, you're part of the conspiracy. So it's the conspiracy theory uh, ground zero in Australia. It's just a bizarre, it's like a parallel universe. It is quite strange. Someone that's heard plenty of these conspiracy theories is Claire Collins. Claire's been a GP in Mullumbimby for six years. Claire, do you see many anti-vaxxer patients in your practice? Where I work in Mullumbimby, you know, approximately one in two children aged five aren't fully immunised, so that they're either partially immunised or they're not immunised at all. And I think the numbers are even less so for two-year-olds in this area. So, It's certainly something that I see probably on a daily basis in my practice in Mullen. It's also really important to mention that this this issue doesn't really just apply to childhood vaccination. There's generally a lot of vaccine-hesitant people in the community, from teenagers through to elderly patients. So it's definitely an issue that that spans all ages in this community. It's basically kind of, I guess, considered an accepted social norm in this area. So unfortunately, it's definitely something that I would see a lot of. Have you seen those attitudes change over the years, though, or have they remained pretty consistent throughout your career in Mullum? 
I feel that it probably seems to have become a lot more emotionally charged topic. It's much more mm. of a taboo topic, which polarizes you know these certain groups in the community. And why that's happening now, I'm not really sure. You know, possibly it to do with the the um, information that we can now gain from the internet. Um, more recently, social media influences, which have just increased access to misinformation from anti-vax activists. And I guess it's also given people this platform to express their really strong views. Did you see any difference when the government brought in initiatives like the No Jab, No Pay? Did, did that make any difference? Definitely. Anecdotally, in practice, I saw a lot of parents bringing in their children for catch-up schedules. So most of those parents that came in were vaccine hesitant parents so who may have been confused you know about the safety of vaccines and had put off vaccinating their child or who may have felt that their child was too young um, initially to vaccinate and so I guess they they did come in once those initiatives started um, and were relatively happy to vaccinate their child at a slightly older age. What we probably didn't see was the, the true conscientious objectors um, coming in to vaccinate their children. They often have very fixed beliefs that, you know, are difficult to to, sh- to shift. Now, I, I think those initiatives like No Jab, No Pay and No Jab, No Play definitely have, you know, a positive influence in some areas. But I do just get a little bit concerned that in a town like Mullumbimby that those coercive initiatives might not really have the desired outcome that we're we're trying to get. When these hesitant vaccine hesitant people do come in, or the ones that are completely against it, what do you say to them and what do they say back to you? How do you do you even bother trying to convince them of the medical benefits or is it kind of not worth it? Yeah, so I mean that's a really good question. I think in practice we tend to say that we see um, two types of um, vaccine resistant people. So there are the true conscientious objectors. And yes, I think a lot of the time you can spend so much energy um, and time talking about the safety of vaccines and they have very fixed beliefs. And, mm. you know, generally what you say will make no no difference at all um, to, you know, to whether they're going to vaccinate their child. But the majority of parents that we see are often just hesitant to vaccinate. They're a little bit confused. They are surrounded by this community who, who don't vaccinate and they they aren't sure what to do. You know, obviously their their most important thing is their child's safety. And we if we're able to sit down with them and give them time and answer their questions and debunk some of the myths that they have heard, then we definitely are able to make a difference. And often they may choose to fully vaccinate their child or they may choose to partially vaccinate their child. In other places that you've worked in Australia, is this just something that doesn't come up as much? Is this a question that you get all the time or a topic that's always being brought up in when you are practising? I I don't think it's as big an issue in other in other towns. Mm-hmm. And so these parents are surrounded by by people convincing them, you know, that vaccines are not safe. And that really influences their decisions. It's almost like a culture or a or a way of life in Mullumbimby. And so I don't think it's it's necessarily like that in other towns. And if these parents 
were living in, in other parts of Australia, then they very well may choose to have vaccinated their child. Byron and Mullum aren't likely to change their tune anytime soon. It's been five decades in the making. But while they're likely to remain the epicentre of the anti-vax movement in Australia, it's important to note that there are informed people like Claire living in the community who are helping guide those who might just be a little hesitant or a little confused given the patch of the world they live in. To make your informed choice about vaccines, head to the Australian Immunisation Handbook website, immunisationhandbook.health.gov.au. That's all for The Quickie today. For more episodes, head to mamamia.com.au forward slash The Quickie.